say hello following what was a uh, pretty fun home run derby from Los Angeles. Welcome in. It is the Sports Animals. I'm Josh Pacheco, not one of those animals. Uh, I'm in for the guys who have morning duty. You're listening to ESPN Honolulu at 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. All of our guests, when they appear, they do so courtesy of our hotline. Power hour for us today. Uh, this is like literal power hour for me because I catch a flight in like three and a half hours to uh, uh, get to Las Vegas. And uh, last I heard, uh, I was just kind of worrying a little bit uh, about some of the flights and whether they leave on time because uh, – uh, my partner, John Veneri, who's going to join me Wednesday and Thursday for uh, Mountain West Media Days from uh, from Mandalay Bay in Las Vegas. His flight left several hours late, so it's got me a little bit worried about my flights, which, good to know, check the app, we're on time. So, uh, yeah, I'm out of here in about three and a half hours. So this is literal power hour, get the show done, pack up, get out of here and then uh, get right to the airport and on to, on to Las Vegas. So uh, excited for Mountain West Media Days. We're already kind of working out the schedule. Uh, we know Wednesday for day number one, we're supposed to have uh, the commissioner of the Mountain West Conference, Craig Thompson. Uh, Phil Steele's going to join us on Wednesday, too. Uh, we'll talk about the Mountain West, and uh, we'll, we'll go a little broader in college football with Phil for a few minutes, but he'll join us live on Wednesday. Uh, we're expecting uh, Wednesday is the coaches. So uh, we're expecting to talk to the coaches from the uh, from the mountain division on Wednesday, which is uh, Hawaii's opponents. So uh, we're expecting Wyoming. We're expecting Colorado State. Uh, I know there's one on my mind as well that I'm missing. The other one would be Utah State. We're expecting some of those. And then we're going to have media members. We're going to have a whole bunch of people mixed in. And then uh, Thursday is probably going to be a free-for-all because we'll have the players. We're going to have, I think, probably some of the leftover coaches as well from um, uh, from uh, Wednesday that will we'll move over to Thursday. Th uh, Thursday is going to be a, a really, really long day with lots and lots of interviews. Uh, I will tell you this. We'll learn the predicted order of finish before we come on the air on Wednesday. We're also going to hear from Craig Thompson uh, before he joins us. He's going to meet with the media at like 5 a.m. And I'm sure that one of the things that we're going to hear from Craig Thompson is probably about realignment. Um, and that's actually one of the storylines right in the conversation now is – Realignment, because while we were watching or listening to the home run derby, whatever you were doing with the home run derby, uh, we learned that there were some conversations between the Pac-12 and the Big 12, and that uh, any talks about anything further between those two conferences are now pretty much dead, which kind of gets you into a little bit of a frenzy again about where we potentially go. Remember, there is a point last year where we had like an alliance between three different conferences. I want to say it was ACC, Pac-12, Big Ten. But, you know, there was this alliance with scheduling and all that. Um, and then we had heard rumors about the, uh, the Pac-12 trying to partner with maybe the Big 12 or maybe the ACC about something at the very least, some kind of um, partnership with television rights and, and, and all of that. And so you thought, okay, 
Um, the Pac-12's in survival mode, and it has to talk. It has to talk to anybody it can possibly talk to because uh, other, otherwise the Pac-12's going to fall apart. But the problem with where the Pac-12 currently sits is it doesn't have a lot of leverage. It has a crummy TV deal. It has 10 members, and its most lucrative members in its most lucrative market are now going to the Big Ten. And what the Pac-12 is left with, frankly, is um, Oregon, which is a brand name but doesn't bring in a lot of money when it comes to media rights. I think someone estimated around $30 million is what it brings in, which isn't a lot in the media landscape. And, you know, other schools that just don't move the needle. And so um, you know, the Pac-12 going in, was it was really anything the Pac-12 was going to do was really to benefit it. It wasn't going to benefit the Big 12, although the Big 12 may have been in a situation where um, it might have felt threatened. I don't think the Big 12 is threatened now. And, you know, in the ACC, I don't think the ACC is threatened because the SEC has kind of said, you know, we're, we're on pause. So what I take away from... Pete Dammel's report for on, on ESPN and, and Dennis Dodd's report from CBS Sports is that we're back to open season. If the Big 12 does not want to partner with the Pac-12, whether it is some kind of an agreement or apparently one of the conversations has been um, a, maybe even a merger, then now we're talking about... Uh, you know, now we're talking about maybe restarting the clock on on school movement. Interestingly enough, this is from uh, this is from Dennis Dodd's report, who said the Big 12 reportedly approached the Pac-12 first, with the leagues discussing options including a full merger, pooling television rights, or a scheduling partnership. Ultimate, and actually, this is according to ESPN's. Dennis Dodd is actually just kind of going off of ESPN's report. But they say here, ultimately, the Big 12 believed a merger might be most beneficial, but decided it had better options as adding many of the Pac-12's programs would not help the league substantially increase its media rights revenue. But there is the possibility that, as a league source tells CBSSports.com, the Big 12 is still considering adding Pac-12 teams to its membership. And that's what that's what we mean. Everything from um, uh, deep discussions, Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, Utah, Oregon, and Washington. I think that's where it's it's the most interesting is that the Big Twelve actually was the one that reached out first, and then ultimately said, "Well, you know, the the obvious kind of hits the room here. The obvious is that." there's really nothing good for us here if we try to combine because pooling television rights is going to mean what? We'll just grab more money, add it to our deal if we're, uh, you know, I guess Arizona would be a, a possible market that would help. It kind of keeps you somewhat in the footprint when you add in Arizona and Arizona State. When you factor in former Big 12 school Colorado and uh, get them back into the mix and then you know, throwing Utah. Now we're talking, you know, something along the lines of the footprint. And then you throw Oregon and Washington and, and, and you throw them as uh, 
kind of travel partners, uh, although not entirely close enough travel partners, but kind of. So how does this change the landscape? We'll talk about that part here, and in about seven to eight minutes, we'll talk about the other side of it. The other side of it is um, a piece of reporting. It was actually in a mailbag article. John Canzano, who uh, is a, a columnist, he has his own website, and he hosts uh, radio shows in Oregon. And one of the questions that was in his mailbag was in regards to Hawaii and whether Hawaii would be a Pac-12 candidate. And he basically said no. And he listed the simple reason why, which was television. And and I'll read you what he said coming up in about seven minutes. But it's been amazing hearing what people have said after that um, that I have found really interesting is that – People, he, people see this, and I think they, they think with a lot of emotion, but they don't really think with their heads about what works and what doesn't. I'll explain that in a little while. But let's let's go back to the, the, the Pac-12, Big 12 portion of this. So the way I think this potentially works is if the Big 12 is not considering a merger and they're thinking about taking six schools, because honestly, why would you merge and add in Washington State? Why would you er, why would you merge and add in Oregon State? I feel bad for Cal and I feel bad for Stanford. Stanford's great academically. Cal great academically. Um, you know, they kind of have that that, you know, Northern California part of the market there, but it sounds like nobody wants Stanford and Cal. Uh, So you have those four schools kind of left out. So let's say the Big 12 is successful, and I kind of think the Big 12 will. They add potentially these, what, six schools or whatever it is. You you lose, well, 12, take out 10, take out six more. That leaves four. I have my math down here on the fly. Um, That leaves Cal, Stanford, Washington State, Oregon State. The Big 12 loses Oklahoma and Texas. Gains BYU, gains those schools from the American. What does that put the Big 12 at? I think that puts them at 18 is what I think it is. Uh, And now you're talking about a Big 12 potential super conference. SEC is already at 16. Big 12 could get to 18. Big 10 is going to get up there in numbers. And now we're talking about what's left. And... What's left is, honestly, um, you might see the Pac-12, and we've talked about this before, I think you'll see the Pac-12 ultimately crumble because media rights for a conference that would have the following schools of Stanford, Cal, Washington State, and Oregon State, and you know, if you try to grab some schools from the Mountain West, you're going to have significantly less rights for television money than you do currently is just not worth it. So... I think the Pac-12's gone. Now look, you look at the rest of the landscape. I don't think, because college football is still fairly regional, that once you go outside the parameters of what you have already seen, there is no more interest, I don't believe, in a Boise State or a San Diego State or... Um, 
even a UNLV. Now, I think at that point, once you get rid of the Pac-12, Big 12 adds those six, Big 10's where they are, SEC's not going anywhere, ACC is where it is, and I don't think the ACC is going to add from, um, you know, where it is, because I think the ACC feels like it's fine and nothing else really fits the footprint. Now you have the power conferences pretty much locked. You're down to four power conferences, and then you have the group of fives. Where the Mountain West might feel like it's in a good position is take Stanford, take Cal, take Washington State, take Oregon State. Are they great additions for the Mountain West? Eh, No. I mean, if they're not great additions for the Pac-12, then they're probably not great additions for the Mountain West. But would they be good enough to consider to add any kind of strength to your conference? They They would up the strength in football because now it's not Boise State is um, your power player in football, Stanford competitive, Cal would be competitive in that conference, and it's no longer, um, you, you no longer now have what happens if Boise State's not good. And maybe we're not talking about ranked programs, but we're talking about now maybe a, 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 top, a much deeper, a deeper top of the conference. If you're the Mountain West, you look at Northern California, and you have Northern California locked. Fresno State, Cal, Stanford. You have those three schools, the top three schools in Northern California, which is actually not a bad market. You have that covered. You add in with basketball. Stanford's not bad. You'd add them into the mix. Washington State's been fairly good recently in college basketball. You add them into that mix. And now you're you're starting to look at a well-rounded conference. And that would get the Mountain West to 16, I think, in football, 17 in some of the other sports. Now you're talking about if Craig Tom- if, if this all works in the way that Craig Thompson, I think, would want it to work, now you're talking about 17 overall, 16 in football. Now you have your first um, group of five super conference. But all of this now also hinges on media rights, too. And you're probably going to get yourself a little more money that way because you're going to add in some names like the Stanfords and the Cals. Um, it's not going to be significant, but it will be a little bit more, and it will bring you know more money to the coffers of all these different schools. But I also think it um, would essentially help to keep, uh, help to make the Mountain West, and I heard Dave Matlin say this last week, help to solidify the Mountain West with all the movement around as the top group of five conference in college football. The Athletic, I think, has held that moniker for a while. The Mountain, As they kind of crumble, the Mountain West wants that back. So really, in, in actuality, this isn't bad for the Mountain West at all. The Mountain West, I think, would love to see the Big 12 look at the Pac-12 and get it to the point where it can dissolve that conference, take the take the meat of what's left, and leave the scraps, let's say, for the Mountain West. Um, 
whether you want to go to Washington State or not every other year or every three years or every four years, that's entirely up to you. Um, but leave the rest for them and actually grows the Mountain West. And it le- and it leaves Conference USA and, and the American and those smaller conferences, it leaves them just kind of being what they are and keeps you in that FBS conversation too. Um, I think it's uh, I think it's interesting to see the way that the, the the just that one report on the Big 12, Pac-12 talks with the Big 12 ending it tonight kind of plays that potential ripple effect on what happens moving forward. But coming up, I want to get to what John Canzano wrote over the weekend. He actually asked a, a media expert as part of his um, his mailbag series. He asked a media expert about Hawaii's viability for a big conference like the Pac-12, which I think we should probably table today because I think with what we've learned today, I don't know that the Pac-12 is going to be in existence by 2025 or 2026. But what was said uh, got people going in all sorts of different directions, and it only affirmed what I have been saying for the last few weeks, why people are not focused They haven't been focusing on the big conversation, which is nobody's fault here. We'll get a SportsCenter update coming up in about 10 minutes. Really the only score to talk about, the home run derby, and there was a lot on that. Uh, We'll we'll talk about that in our last thought today, how fun the home run derby was and uh, how great for Juan Soto, given the headlines around him, uh, what what does it only do to build what Juan Soto has been. That coming up in just a little while. Uh, You can text into the Zephyr Insurance text line at 808-296-1420. You can call us at 808-296-1420, and you can send us your tweets uh, at Sports Animals. You can get to me at Josh on the radio. So John Canzano is well-versed. He's a Pac-12 insider. He's got a, a radio show that's syndicated throughout the state of Oregon. He's got his own website. He's he's well-versed on uh, where the Pac-12 is. And he has a uh, a mailbag. People ask questions and all that. And, and somebody asked him to ask his media expert about um, you know, some report that they saw, which I hadn't even seen. A report on... Hawaii potentially being a target for Pac-12 expansion and what the media expert thought about Hawaii as, uh, you know, potentially a, a, a target. And this is what John wrote regarding that question. This is, and I quote, Hawaii is a beautiful place to visit, but the state is only 445,000 television households. Honolulu's TV market captures all of those homes and ranks as the number 65 market in the country. For that reason, Hawaii is not a great expansion op- uh, option. Also, the travel is tough. Which, the, the, the travel is tough part was, uh, was, was actually kind of funny because uh, those who fly, I mean, heck, we all have, like, connecting flights, and, and how often do you have the straight shot from wherever you are to Honolulu, whether you're chartering or whatever it is. I mean, I, I, I'm off to Vegas. No straight shot for me. <laughs> i got to stop in Salt Lake City. But, uh, you know, it's it's not 
travel's not potentially easy, but I mean, we all kind of know that. But I've heard, I mean, I, I hear people all the time when they bring up Hawaii's situation and it's, oh, but if we had a stadium or, oh, there, there needs to be, you know, forthright leadership and, and all, all sorts of this stuff. And it's like, guys, this only confirms what I've been saying all along. It has nothing to do with the stadium because if there was something to do with the stadium, you would have heard, you would have had calls a long time ago because he had Aloha Stadium. Um, and it's 50,000 seats. has nothing to do with the stadium. It, you know, a lot of this has really very little to do with anything UH. And so when I, when I hear people come up with, oh, well, you know, there needs to be some leadership. No, it has nothing to do with that. Um, Hawaii is really where it is and, and is what it is. Hawaii can't do anything about 445,000 television households. And let's also kind of kind of zoom in a little bit. As much as the University of Hawaii brands itself, and it is as Hawaii's team covering the entire state, not just uh, the island of Oahu. It's, it's branding. Uh, it's reaching out. It is the only Division I school in the state. As much as Hawaii says that, let's also understand um, the value for anybody looking at Hawaii is not Hawaii Island. It is not Maui County. It is not Kauai. The only value of anybody of what they would look at would be Oahu. So you trim that down. You trim down the households, and the market is that little blip in the Pacific Ocean. It's not really the entire state. That's not what you're grabbing. Um it becomes a, a, a much clearer picture that this is not really this state and you know is is not one that you would think about as okay the the state that fuels that expansion into the Pac twelve. I see people replying to what I put on, on social media. Oh, but you know they're missing out on the ratings of, of, of those who stay up late at night because they can gamble on games. Look, guys, overnights are throwaways for national college football. You'll get games during the day, but you know what networks care about when they see ratings, when they're seeing eight, uh, not eight digits, uh, uh, for regular season games when they're seeing 1.5 million 2 million, when, when they've got seven digits watching their games, that is when they kind of care. When you have a game that's going on at potentially 11 p.m. Eastern and, uh, you know, goes to, what, 2.30 a.m. in the morning Eastern time, and you might have a viewership of about 200-some-odd thousand, 300-some-odd thousand, 400-some-odd thousand. It's, you think of, of television advertising and you think of revenue. That may be a lot for overnight, but it's, not signif it's still not significant. You also have to think about that if you were to do something like that, you'd probably be moving up start times of Hawaii football games, which would probably be a little inconvenient to the fan who often complains about sometimes when game times are moved up. Oh, it's too early. 
got stuff to do. It's, you know, yeah, there are people who will gamble on games on the mainland, but that's not your audience. And that is not an audience that you can generally rely on, especially if they've already lost money during the day and they've got nothing to win back later. I mean, what are, what are you going to do about it? You can't, you can't do anything. Um, it's, it's the wrong reason to think, oh, we're great for expansion because all the degenerates love us at 1 a.m. No, it's terrible. That's not what conferences look for. They're looking for, you know, they're looking for a market that, and, and you know, that's going to you know, bring them some money. You know, because think about what we get. You know, when we think about television, and, and I'm reminded of, like, the Hawaii Bowl, for example, the Easy Post Hawaii Bowl. It almost is kind of like the opposite way around. When Hawaii's on national television, who's really the beneficiary of being on national television? It's not everybody else. It's us. You know, the value of national TV is really not for anybody else's benefit. But the value of national TV is when you have Hawaii Tourism Authority commercials that, you know, have great visuals and getting people to come to Hawaii. And they say there are probably millions of dollars that come in when you have, you know, the Hawaii Bowl or the Hawaiian Airlines Diamond Classic on TV when people react when seeing those television ads that they come in. That's where the television value is. It's not to them. It's for us. I think people have been kind of looking at television the wrong way when it comes to sports. Here's here's the other thing. I saw I saw someone bring this up. Uh, Hawaii's not a good fit for the Pac-12, but Washington State is. Uh, I saw this brought up a couple times in in replies to what I posted on was it Friday or Saturday. First thing, there are politics in play, and I don't. Uh, you will see this, and I think we have kind of seen it with UCLA and USC. Or the the governor of the state was like, eh, "I didn't know what was going on." Not like you should. You got bigger things to deal with. You know, a, a pandemic, which apparently might get Los Angeles back to wearing masks. Um, a lot of times with the state schools, you may have lawmakers or regents, whoever, you know, step in and say, you know what? We don't want these schools to be split up. If you want Washington, then you've got to have Washington State. Or if you want uh arizona then you got to take arizona state it is a thing and we hear this every so often washington state is a lower television market i get it um i've never been to pullman washington don't know that i'd say that i want to go to pullman washington but um you know what it is and what is beneficial they are a travel partner they may not be right next door to seattle but they're around and they provide a travel partner, especially for the non-football sports. That is what people also don't realize. The non-football sports, it's good to have a travel partner. When uh, you play basketball on a Thursday and a Saturday, you've got UW on Thursday and you got Washington State on Saturday. Same thing when you go to Arizona for Arizona and Arizona State, to California for USC and to UCLA, to Northern California for Cal and Stanford. Hawaii does not have that. 
Hawaii does not have a Division One partner. Uh, Hilo and uh, Chaminade and uh, HP are Division Two schools. There is no travel partner that exists for them. And so, unfortunately, you have that that works against you. Politics and, and frankly, um, not having a neighbor. And like I said, this is all kind of at the end of the day, it's all kind of a moot point because I don't think the Pac-12 is going to exist because I don't know how you survive after what uh, what we've learned today with the Big 12. But, you know, I, I think, again, what was put out uh, by John Canzano, was it Friday or Saturday, whatever it was, what was put out there is a reminder uh, for people that it really is simpler than you think, and it's also kind of harder than you think. But it's not for for everybody who complains. Oh, it's leadership. Oh, it's uh, it's a stadium. You know, it's it's really not that. College football's run by television, people. It's not run by how big your stadium is. It's not run by who your athletic director is. It's not even run by your enrollment. College football is a multi-billion dollar industry based on television eyeballs. And if you don't have it and you don't and, it, and if you don't have it and you don't have friends, then you're not in a good position. Our one final thought coming up in about about 12 minutes or so. It is the Sports Animals. I'm Josh Pacheco. This is ESP in Honolulu at 92.7 FM and 14.20 AM. We've been, A, reacting to today's news that the Big 12's ended talks with the Pac-12 on uh, either a full merger or any kind of partnership, which uh, leaves the Pac-12 really now at risk, potentially losing a bunch of schools if the Big 12 wants to pick them apart. And kind of... Uh, turning that around into what was uh, what was written on the University of Hawaii and uh, UH's kind of role in all of this uh, uh, with the Pac-12 and why a lot of people have just been kind of getting it all wrong with uh, with UH. And we've kind of broken that down a little bit. John's calling in right now at 808-296-1420. John, how are you? Hey, how you doing? I just stepped in my into my car and I heard the last part of you talking about uh, – uh, TV kind of running uh, college football. Um, in a sense, I agree with you, but I disagree with you. Um, I think, uh, you know, if you, uh, thinking about two programs, possibly like Oklahoma or and uh, like Notre Dame, but uh, a program like that, you got people that are pulling up in RVs and staying for the whole weekend, and you got like this crowd and this excitement, like in a whole town or something like that, and. Uh, like TV doesn't cause that, and it's like now either. And by the way, I've never been to a home game at Notre Dame. I grew up Catholic in Chicago, and that's uh, one of my dreams is to go to a Notre Dame home game someday. But uh, you know, uh, I think that there's an atmosphere about a setting that kind of causes like stuff to go on, or else the TV wouldn't even be interested in it. And getting back to like our University of Hawaii. Uh, with the 10,000-seat stadium compared to those other two venues, uh, that's I, I kind of don't really – I hate to – I'm a UH fan, but right now I don't consider it like big-time football. It used to be when we had Aloha Stadium because it could be on occasion, 
where right now at that stadium it's uh uh, it's not. But anyway, uh, I don't think TV runs the whole thing. There is, there has a lot to do with, like, the whole excitement in a community, and then when TV comes in, there's something that they want to watch. I'm not sure if we have that right now. Anyway, I'll, I'll hang up and hear your comments on that. Cool. John, thank you for calling in. Um, I, I think maybe you're, you're thinking about TV a little bit differently than um, than maybe kind of the way I'm, I'm putting it. Uh, schools help to produce their atmosphere yes absolutely but television gives it a value and and the value is what's important now let's go back to the stadium you mentioned the stadium the stadiums are relevant uh because no one was knocking on hawaii's door for expansion when hawaii had aloha stadium and when hawaii was getting a bunch of people to aloha stadium nobody was knocking on hawaii's door to join a big conference then so, you know, that's irrelevant. Uh, being in Indiana, South Bend, you know, part of part of you know, Notre Dame's allure is that they were winning. Indiana's not a small state. There's an aura around that. And television wants it. NBC pays a lot of money for, well, they pay, what, $15 million a year uh, for Notre Dame. And a lot of people believe that they are, you know, kind of, kind of next. You, you bring up Oklahoma. Oklahoma, uh, with its tradition, they've been in the Big 12. Uh, near Oklahoma City, that's a decent, that's a good market. You know, television kind of drives it. And it's not what you're thinking about schools creating the atmosphere and television creating, you know, why you should watch. It's television setting the market price based on uh, what markets your schools are in, what value those markets have. It's television who decides that behind the scenes. And it has really very little to do with the actual games that you watch. It is the market value of the contracts. And that's why that's, that's incredibly important. Um, we see the data, the game-to-game -game stuff. A lot of the details are in what's decided behind closed doors and why your conference is worth X amount. Why you are worth X amount to that conference and to that television network. Uh, Bill is calling in here at 808-296-1420. Hi, Bill. Hi. Um, my name is Bill. I'm a faculty member at the University of Hawaii. And I just want to say that I think it's a very long shot for Hawaii to be asked to join what's left of the Pac-12. But I wanted to say that it would be really in the state's interest to make a big effort from the governor and the legislature and businessmen to get Hawaii into the Pac-12 to be associated with schools like Washington or Oregon or even Oregon State, Cal, particularly in Stanford, as that would elevate the status of the University of Hawaii. And I think the university has a great role to play in the future. It has been seen that universities like Cal and Stanford, Silicon Valley, economies can develop around them. So I think it's more than just a football issue. I think it's something that the old-timers here have longed for for many, many years. I was with the Chief Justice about 30 years ago down in Long Beach State watching the women play there. And this is Chief Justice Richardson. He said it's time back then that Hawaii become a member of the Big 12, Pac-12, sorry. Okay, so on that note, let me let me follow up with, with kind of a question to you. Because given what I've just kind of put out there, tell you know who you're going after you're not necessarily going after talking to Pac-12 brass. 
you're going through them and ultimately to television. So my response to what you're saying about trying to join the Pac-12, which, by the way, I don't think the Pac-12 will exist in about three to four years, would be you're not making your pitch to the Pac-12. You're making your pitch to Fox. You're making your pitch to ESPN. You're making your pitch to television. So with what you're saying, why do you think television would listen to that pitch that you're giving about Hawaii and its status? Actually, I said it's a long shot. I don't. I think you're right. I think it's all about television. I just think that it's the opportunity. It's a long shot, but we should put our best efforts behind that in terms of the whole state wanting to move Hawaii up in terms of the academic rankings of the University of Hawaii. Now, I think we could possibly sell them on being a gateway to Asia, um, being a gateway to the Pacific. Maybe eventually the Pac-12 would have schools like California, Stanford, Oregon, Washington, playing games that could be seen more readily in you know Asia. Now, they probably have figured that out, and probably I'm not right about that. But just as a faculty member, you know, the University of Hawaii is kind of suffering from having this inferiority complex, and it really should be a Pac-12 school. You know, we shouldn't be behind them any longer. So if this is an opportunity, I'm just saying it's a once-in-a-lifetime thing, and I think it's worth a good shot, a good good effort from the state. More noise should be made. Uh, you know, we should appeal to the presidents of the California system or the Oregon and Washington system. So I understand what you're saying. I think it's a real long shot. I hear you, Bill. Hey, thank you for calling. I, I appreciate you listening. Oh, that was a quick show uh, right after the uh, T-Mobile home run derby tomorrow uh, depending on the length of the uh, Major League Baseball All-Star game I'll join you from Las Vegas uh, for uh, another little power hour of this program and then uh, John Venary and I will be with you Wednesday and Thursday from the Mandalay Bay for Mountain West Media Days we're firming up the guest lists uh, for both days and uh, we'll share those with you follow us on on social uh, you can follow me on Twitter at uh, Josh on the radio uh, at ESPN Honolulu on our social media platforms. We'll kind of update you on uh, who we're going to have. Final thought today, uh, watching that T-Mobile home run derby and watching Juan Soto, second youngest uh, champion in home run derby history by a day <laughs> and coming on the heels of the fact that he turned down like a 15-year deal that would have brought him over $400 million. Uh, he bet on himself and then took that bet, took him to L.A. and uh, just took that bet a little bit further. I mean, Washington's not a big player. You can now expect that, uh, you know, they're probably going to trade him here in the next, uh, you know, the next 15 days as we get close to the trade deadline. But Juan Soto, who can be at times a streaky hitter, but is a powerful, powerful hitter. Juan Soto is now one of the most interesting baseball players in this sport. And winning the home run derby today, uh, today as he did only just adds to what he's building with his own brand and his ability to impact a team.